Welcome to the NFT Now podcast, your go-to source to succeed in the fast-moving world of Web3. I'm Matt Medved. Each week, we interview visionary creators, builders, and collectors, so you can stay up to date on the most important trends and tactics for the internet's next frontier. My name is Latasha. I am a world builder, music artist, and singer-songwriter, rapper-producer, and have been living and delving in this Web3 space for about two years. Um, My journey started with hating the music industry a lot (laughs) and wanting to figure out how to find independence and sovereignty as an artist. And through that, I got to Web3 in 2021. I minted my first piece and I became the first woman rapper on blockchain. And then I also became the first to bring music video on blockchain. So I've really kind of changed the game. And today we're with a bunch of game changers in Web3 talking about the digital convergence and how we're going to transform life and entertainment, culture and music with Web3. I just want to say like a bit of an intro today. At the digital renaissance, renaissance uh, excuse me, panel, the interplay of music, art, and technology takes center stage, uniting visionaries from the worlds of sound, visual creativity, and cutting-edge tech. This panel delves into the transformative power of this convergence. Discover how NFTs have revolutionized artistic expression, while Web3 technology redefines the relationship between creators and their audiences. With us today are some major, major hitters, but you're Wagner, how are you doing today? Very good. Yeah, can you give us a little bit of an intro on yourself? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I was born and raised in Germany. I uh, lived a little bit around the world. My academic background is mostly in the engineering sciences, right? Um, lots of stuff, robotics, computer science, more like the hard engineering sciences. And um, yeah, I've been in, in this Web3 world for now full time. What? since 2015 essentially so it's been quite a while uh i'm more on the infrastructure side so like we are we're here right we're building technology we are trying to create um these nuts and bolts that allow some of these experiences to be created um i currently uh, run a company a co-founder run a company called parity technologies and our major project is uh, a network called polkadot nice really really amazing thank you so much finn martin who is also super incredible is the ceo of define creative and i'm so excited to have you can you give us a bit of an intro Thanks, Natasha. Um, yeah, I'm Finn. I'm um, a founder of Define Creative, but uh, my background is actually awesome music, so we share that. Um, and actually, similar thing for me it was also, you know, I was uh, first a you know, full-time artist, and then I, I started a um, creative agency, and that kind of pivoted into Web3. When I, um, 2017, our co-founder, he was actually the first one to bring... Um, humans into the metaverse you had like this really um, fun technology company and that that kind of sparked for me this journey um and then yeah really excited to be here and uh be be changing ideas with you ah thank you so much for being here matt 
Everybody knows Matt, right? <laughs> Good to be here. Good to be here. Can you give us a beautiful intro on you? Of course, of course. Uh, Matt Medved, co-founder, CEO, and editor-in-chief of NFT Now, uh, Web3 digital media platform, building the future of tokenized media and also bringing you the gateway. So glad to have everyone here. It's been really, really special. Um, this topic is very close to my heart because uh, I come from the music space beforehand. Um, five years at Billboard, founded Billboard Dance, Billboard's dance electronic music brand. Uh, after that, ran Spin Magazine as editor in chief um, and was running content at Modern Luxury when uh, Blau, our, our, our friend on the DJ side, uh, pulled me down the NFT rabbit hole in 2020. And here I am. Beautiful. Misha, how are you doing today? Hi, Latasha. Hi. I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. Um, I would love to hear a beautiful intro on you as well. My name is Misha. I'm a photographer from Berlin. And this is my first time diving into this uh, Web3 uh, with Finn, who brought me into this. Before, I was really what you call the opposite of a digital native. Um, Misha also has his beautiful work up there that we'll be talking about Notch. So please check it out while you're here. So I have some amazing questions for y'all today. Um, I hope they're amazing. I hope y'all ready because I also get kind of spicy with the topics. You guys we know like me. spicy. You know, we Woo. like spicy. Um, but I want to start with what was a pivotal moment that drove you to embrace blockchain technology and align it with your vision? And we could start with Finn because you're coming from the music side like me. Yeah, actually, like all good stories, it starts in a bar. Um, it was um, 2011. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite bars in Kreuzberg, Room 77, they offered Bitcoin payment in 2011. And I always went to this bar. I had my, and some of the guy was like, yeah, and he had a sign up, like one beer, one Bitcoin. I'm like, what is this Bitcoin kind of thing? And that's how my, my journey to crypto actually started. And then... In 2020, actually, to say, uh, to connect it with what you said, like when Blau, um, you know, had this massive success it with his NFT and it changed my idea of like how creators, how musicians can monetize their, you know, their work. And obviously that kind of like sparked the idea, like I want to, you know, bring that change to a lot of musicians. So that's when we like, so Define Creative is a Web3 venture builder. So we started working on these things. We, you know, um, approached Bport, said, "Hey, how can we build a platform to really help creators um, bring that kind of technology to a wider mass?" So um, yeah, and then we actually we minted before that we minted like the first world record um, uh, in sports and and stuff like that, right? Kind of like just starting the journey. That's amazing. But you and I would love to hear your story. All right. Um... I think the first touch points, right, I really had with that world was also actually around 2011. I was in, uh, I was living in California at that time, got in touch, you know, got my first steps with Bitcoin, learned about it. But, you know, I was intellectually very curious uh, about it, but didn't really do all that much with it. There isn't that much you could do with it at that time. Exactly. Buy beer, buy beer. Exactly, buy beer. <laughs> Berlin anyways, right? Uh, not, not in Santa Barbara where I lived at that time. But um, so fast forward, um, you know, I kept going with, um, uh, my academic staff, which again was more in the hard engineering science, and then came across a, a, a certain problem in in the realm of industrial automation. Um, 
um, where was encountering um, the issue of um, the trust issue of like sharing certain infrastructure between companies, right? That want to kind of like stream like production and um, um, supply chains and value chains. And um, that, that sparked my, uh, the thought of like, hey, I've come across that problem, this abstract problem in another context, which was Bitcoin. And so I was like, oh, maybe there's something, like let's catch up what has happened since. And that was in 2014, the early days of uh, Ethereum's inception. And so I started looking into that and I realized, oh, wow, uh, this has come a long way around. And um, um, there's some very interesting ideas here. Uh, and I actually ended up taking a year just doing a lot of research around it, reading all the papers, um, using the internet back then, it was still Reddit to familiarize myself with the um, um, different ecosystem and the players in it. And then fast forward, I, I realized like, look, I find that much more interesting than what I'm actually working on right now and the implication <laughs> therefore. And, and I took the decision, I, you know, this was um, going deeper into and pursuing. And so um, one of the pivotal moments was, I think for me, um, or during that time, um, reading my um, who became later my co-founder, Gavin Wood's um, uh, thoughts and blog post around Web3, his vision for Web3, a different um, um, a paradigm um, um, and a different um, you know, uh, future for infrastructure that um, allows us to do a lot of the same things that we're doing today, plus more, under a different paradigm that's, that has, I think, uh, strongly societal benefits, right? Um, we all know about the monopolization of the internet, right? The gatekeeping um, by uh, our digital overlords, right? Often we look at uh, predominantly US companies such as Google, um, you know, Facebook, um, those that help us find information or enable us today to find information, to share information, right? To kind of communicate with each other, which I think are, um, are almost such basic um, human needs and right. also needs for society, particularly democracies, to function. And so during that time, right, we were right at the backdrop of uh, the Snowden revelations, mm -hmm. right, which came a, a year earlier or so, right, which beyond... <clears throat> beyond uh, showing us what we were already aware of that like um, these very fundamental um, um, abilities that the internet gives us was already in the hands of a few corporates which I think isn't, isn't a great idea in general beyond that those that are meant to um, you know, safeguard us from these corporate interests, right? Like the governments in that sense, that uh, the rule makers, those that are meant to protect us and that, that we democracy elect, mm -hmm. right? weren't really doing their <laughs> exactly. job, right? That like we, we really realized like, hey, those very people that are meant to protect us mm -hmm. use those means for their own agendas. Mm -hmm. And um, that really, really brought it to my forefront how important and how meaningful um, um, the mission and the vision around this new infrastructure may be. And um, I got in touch with Gav, right? We shared ideas, we started working and we became co-founders in the company that emerged as Parity. Worked on Ethereum and then and I switched to Polkadot. That's amazing. I love how excited you get about how passionate I know, you are. Right? I love it's that. So, so fire. good. Bringing the energy. I think it's a beauty to witness like so many people just want to solve these problems, right? Like we're witnessing especially like the breakdown of our whole society pretty much in so many different ways. All the industries are fi figuring out that they're broken and they have to figure out new means of offering to people. And I think you're on that verge. And I think all of us are literally on that verge with media, with music, with art, with photography. 
And I would love to talk to you more, Misha, about your pivotal moment within blockchain, because I know you have a history also being a bouncer and being in the techno clubs and living that life. So I would love to know what was your pivotal moment? My pivotal moment came when only last year in 2022, because I was one of those that always didn't like the idea of NFTs as it was presented to me. It was only a money machine and I couldn't see the benefit for me as an artist because I came from the world where you just you put pictures on walls, you, you present them in galleries and I didn't know why should I dive into this world as digital art was nothing I ever did or was looking for. But uh, in 2022, Finn and Delphine from Define Creative uh, sat down with me and explained what NFTs are really about, how to make sure to to make sure that my artwork is uh, saved in its original form, that I can prove ownership of uh, artworks, and now I'm. This is the, like I said, first project that I'm doing in this uh, sphere. But, but now, my my mind changed around that. Uh, I'm I'm still I'm still figuring out how. But I think that there are steps that I'm about to make as I see the opportunities diving into this world. I'm I'm curious if I can, if I may, what actually what was the argument that convinced you to be like okay I'm I'm gonna try this I'm gonna go into this space what was the the core argument was proof of ownership because I can tell you about I had an exhibition outside of Germany and all the artwork got stolen I and I couldn't prove that they are mine and it didn't didn't matter that I had all the letters and all the shipping proof it didn't matter and that's that's why it clicked when you told me about proof of ownership through nfts it's that's so interesting right and that connects to exactly to the infrastructure of like what you know what we can do with this technology and how we can yeah how we can use it. yeah that's incredible that's a tr real true story and i think a lot of artists relate to that as well i know for a fact i was terrified of getting into web3 originally because i was scared my copyright would be taken advantage of but when i found out how blockchain really worked and how we could prove that this is our work that's when it really hit me that i was like okay this is a beautiful beautiful new walk that we're about to hit. Matt, what about you with media? Yeah, look, um, it was so great hearing everyone's perspective. So um, I bought my first Bitcoin in 2013. I was the top signal. I bought the exact top of that market, you know, um, and uh, it crashed a couple of weeks later, but I held on to it because I believed in the technology. And it was really interesting during 2016 to 18, uh, my peak years kind of a billboard dance. Um, and I realized that I was the only, and it was kind of like this, oh, like, I guess I was onto something, you know, and I saw the rise of Ethereum and all that. And I was like, you know what? Like, I realized I was the only person at Billboard who owned crypto or understood it at all. So I started doing a lot of coverage on like, you know, we didn't call it Web3 back then. We called it like blockchain, right? And like, I was doing like music and blockchain, like thinking about how can this get artists paid, royalties, all that. And, um, you know, it was really hard to get the music industry to care. Like, it was like crickets, you know? I remember like speaking at those early conferences, you know, uh, I did some stuff 
stuff with with uh, REC at South by some stuff with Blau, advised with some projects and like you know ethereal and like it was like it was it was just a bit early right and I feel like that missing puzzle piece for me um, was NFTs and 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 this technology because um, you know at the end of the day like when when Blau pulled me down the NFT rabbit hole in 2020 um, you know I realized it was the technology I believed in for a very long time finally disrupting fields I'm actually passionate about art, music, and culture, because I'm not a finance guy at the end of the day. That's why I never like jumped into crypto like full time back before then, because like I thought it was interesting. I believe in the technology. I actually never sold any of the crypto I bought because I believed in the ecosystem so much that like it'll go there, but I wasn't ready to like change my life's work to that space until crypto and culture collided. And the biggest thing too for me was that this technology offered the opportunity to empower artists. And that's something that's always been central to my mission. And so it was really that moment that like is when like I was like I am diving deep into this going like all in on this and a couple of months later started the NFT now accounts and here we are it's really amazing to hear that as well because I feel like as kids growing up with like a MySpace or Tumblr or like you know these kind of forms of media spaces we felt as though you know, we were putting so much of ourselves on the internet and didn't really have any form of proving that that was ours to own. You know, I remember putting up art on Tumblr and being like, okay, that's just going to be what it is. But nobody was thinking like behind the curtain what we could actually do for the creatives that are actually building the internet. And I think that's what we're doing here with the media. And speaking on that, I would also love to ask the question, where why is there a growing emphasis on merging blockchain technology with culture and entertainment? And what are the advantages and disadvantages coming with this fusion? For me or for Any of them. Oh, Okay, go ahead, go ahead. You know, I, I likely have a maybe slightly different perspective because obviously a somewhat different background. I'm not as native to the art world as all of you are. But I think uh, the point I'm going to make is very general, right? You think you know, when we talk about this paradigm change, right? Like it's a, it's an idea that I think is very powerful. The idea of like, we have all these sort of things that we as humans um, interact about, right? Like let's take um, music for an example. I think there are two parties to that um, value exchange that are absolutely crucial, right? It's a person that wants to enjoy that experience, right? Listen to it, right? And it's a person who creates it. Right, and particularly in the in the in the entertainment industry, right, the creative aspect is so core to this product, this experience product. But in reality, in 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 today's world, in you know, bringing those two parties together and um, um, enabling those parties to intact, there are a lot of parties in between, right, which we often call intermediaries, which enable us to do what we want to do, right? It's an old spiel, and like many of these parties are important to enrich that experience and deliver it well, right? But there are also some that just emerged over the time because we needed a, a judge, a third party that uh, like brings, in, induces the trust for us to know like if we engage with each other, it's actually going to happen how, how we expect it. And those often become over time very entrenched powers that become rent seekers and become gatekeepers, right? That say like, you can play, you can't play. And particularly if those parties have, um, are, you know, driven by increasing shareholder values, purely corporate interest, right? 
that leads to worse over time, worse outcomes for the two parties that are so fundamentally crucial for that experience, the artist in that case and the person that wants to consume it, right? And also over time, that leads to a stifling in innovation, right? In, in most cases, right? Uh, which is why, you know, um, there, are, there are rules in most um, 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 societies, regulat regulatory rules around forming of monopolies because they prevent innovation at some point. And so the core idea, right, of this whole, you know, Web3 ideas is like we can build a different digital realm, different infrastructure that essentially allow us what we want to do at the core, but in a different way where we really empower the edge of this transaction being, for example, the artist and the consumer, right? So um, I, I think that's very the core idea. Now, why is culture important, right? Like that, why, why is culture so important for um, uh, to bring this new paradigm to the world, this new possibility? I think my argument would be, this, what, what I just talked about is an extremely powerful idea that we, that takes a lot of time to wrap your head around, right? Because you're not used to it, right? You're used to, particularly in developed countries, to rely on these authorities, be it the judges, the police, right? Your bank and all these others, right? Particularly we are, oh, it kind of works, right? Except for some, it doesn't work, right? For a lot of them, it doesn't work. And for most of us, it extracts value where there shouldn't be value extracted from us. And, um, um, but to bring this idea to the masses, right? And it really needs to be brought to the masses to see real change. Um, I think culture is probably the best, um, uh, the best vehicle because it, it, everybody can relate to it. Every, it needs to be um, um, grounded in an emotional experience, right? And what is more applicable than cultural experiences like music, art, film, and so forth? And I think um, from my point of view, that's why I'm so excited about these sort of things. And for example, your, your exhibition here and what you create Thank with you. this medium, right? It's like it presents, it is a, a tremendous help on that mission and vision to bring this new paradigm to the world and see it come to fruition. Have a spicy take. So we speak on this idea that, you know, culture is the necessity for us to like push these mediums, um, especially technology is going to really grow with culture. But what about the gatekeepers that hold culture from going forward? Um, I think, I don't know, but I would love to just ask, what are your thoughts on gatekeeping within technology? Actually, to, to answer that question and to connect to the point before, I think, I, first of all, I want to say I love that we're all connected through culture, right? I think this, this is like the core theme that runs through all of our, you know, like projects, companies, all of that. Um, and to, to your point, I think the, um, the blockchain enables us to, to take away some of these gatekeepers, like you said, right? And it's also when, when, we, when we build um, Beatport.io, and the, the idea was like, okay, let's take the biggest platform for electronic music and bring it into web free space and how can this look? And actually one of the important thing is to kind of like take some of the gatekeepers away, co-create, you know, do something, um, touch in, you know, into, um, into to new spheres, give creators new tools that you haven't worked with before. Um, and I think that's really, that's, that's where, where culture gets really powerful. And, and, and yeah, I think we, we need to, give new tools and new uh, forms of expression. 
do you want to answer that as well, Matt? Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's something we think a lot about because um, one of the things that really inspired us about the space as we as we founded NFT Now and beyond is the opportunity to bypass traditional hierarchies that have existed for a long time, traditional inequities that have existed for a really long time. And ultimately, like, the last thing that we ever wanted to do was become the new gatekeepers, you know? And that's one of the things we thought a lot about as we really moved from being a publication covering Web3 to a publication using tech Web3 technology to tell stories and build community. And so the launch of the Now Pass um, represents for us a really important step in that regard with the idea of progressive decentralization. So, for example, um, you know, we did something at the end of 2021 uh, where that a lot of media companies don't do, which is we asked our community, like, like, what could we be doing better? And people were like loud and clear. They were like, hey, like, you do a good job of covering artists, but mostly established artists. Like, how do rising artists get an NFT now? Like, you know, that, I don't really see a way, you know, and all that. We're like, oh, we hear you. So we launched the Next Up series. And you can actually check out the Next Up um, screens, you know, uh, towards, towards the back of that side. It's really special, amazing assortment of artists, you know. And, and now it's become this really, like, special rite of passage. Like, so many artists came up through Next Up, you know. Um, and, uh, and then onwards to NFT 100 and beyond. And, but what's interesting is it became this thing where all of a sudden it's like, you know what, that process is still pretty centralized. Like, ultimately, like myself and the editorial team, like we come together and we did, you know, we have a conversation, but ultimately we're deciding which artists. And we were like, you know what, like, how about we open that up to the community? How about, how about we decentralize that? And so that's actually one of the things, that's the first content series that we're going to turn into a community curated content series um, to now pass holders. So now pass holders are going to be able to, in the now network, um, not only um, nominate and vote on chain um, for, in what's called a token curated registry, a TCR, um, for the artists that they believe in, but also be rewarded for doing so within like the XP points and, and everything that we have going with the reward mechanisms that in the now network network member portal that's that's coming very soon and so like that that's going to be the first one it won't be the last one you know as we continue to like kind of allow our community to have a say and and ultimately you know get more voices involved and ensure that we're not just becoming the new gatekeepers and also it's, it's so interesting that you that you empower your community like that right because i think ultimately it is about empower empowering right through through like these initiatives or through the technology that you give but i think like empowering the culture and giving giving these tools is so crucial yeah speaking of tools i would love to talk about beatport io and what you're building over there and how you're imagining because i come from the old school beatport where it was all like getting my electronic records and things of that nature but now we're imagining beatport to be now integrated into web3 and i would love to talk about that too yeah love that um i love that we're actually all also connected through music right like your background we had this uh we had this conversation yesterday that you said you're coming from billboard right so it's kind of like you you mentioned it's like a full circle full circle I've, i wrote some articles for beatport you know and i and we're living in berlin i used to uh i used to go to the berlin beatport office and see some incredible acts play there so beatport's uh, been close to my heart for over a decade yeah Yeah, and I think it's uh, that's the beauty of it, right? It's it's a brand that's been around for 17 years. It's trusted. I think that's another important thing, right? It's like trust is really really crucial. So we we were very, you know, happy when 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 we when we kind of launched this and we got the okay from all the stakeholders. Like, yes, let's do it. And again, you know, the idea is like, how can we? What are, what's the future of electronic music look like, right? Because there's so many avenues you can go into art, photography, you know, fine art. But we're like, okay, let's drill into one thing. 
And it was interesting. I just had a chat with people before, and we talked about because I was like because he started out doing like visuals for concerts, right, and music. And we talked about. I was like, how do you see the space going? And he he said like. Nobody has figured it out yet, and I agree. Nobody has figured out like you know how we can bring music into Web three um, on a basis that is not just um, profiting a few individuals, you know, like the the, the blog example, but like to the masses, right? And that's what we want to do with Beatport IO. It's like um, you know, Beatport has um, you know millions of uh, you know DJs there uh, we have hundred thousand labels right so it's really about like kind of rolling this out but at first we want to kind of like do some lighthouse projects like we did with Misha and and also I think that was the interesting part to say like let's take a community that stayed away from that world like the techno community is very very um, yeah, particular in that sense. And you can see it here in this, in this work, right? So I think on the very left side, you see um, Misha's original uh, photograph. It's printed like on brushed metal. And then here you see the photos. And we were kind of thinking, okay, how can we turn this into, how can we capture a feeling? And um, so we were taking one of the DJs, uh, Len Faki, techno legend, made it sound reactive and created these works. And I think it's, it's an example of how we can, you know, activate different communities in culture and say, hey, look, try out this, like, this technology. Why don't you interact with it? Um, and it's also, it's not about only selling, it's about documenting, right? And Misha, I wanted to ask you, because to your point, but proof of ownership it's also this idea of documenting the scene right because that was that was the start of this series right that was the initial start of the series yeah it was started back in 2020 during the first lockdowns that i thought i have to document something that is probably lost at this moment i didn't know how all things are going to develop and but obviously I'm kind of limited in my art and only NFTs brought together what I envisioned before because seeing the people is, is uh, the, the first step into understanding who they are. But then again, the, the feeling you have from the club experience, uh, I think it, it comes to life with the NFT as we could uh, combine not only the pictures but also the sound and there's a certain type of movement that in my opinion is very similar to this what you have in a club would you say that your photography has changed now that you're like playing with the technology no but it developed it didn't change it developed into something else and this is what I said before I could I can't grab it at the moment I, I'm just uh, there's something going on in my head uh, what I can't explain further but I see how the possibilities are rising it's, it's what about distribution that's what I'm still learning <laughs> I do see a beautiful future for, for, for tech, like photography and technology I mean there's some really amazing photographers who are killing it within web 3 I think about like Justin Aversano Diana Sinclair they've all taken like web 3 and photography Ibrahim's another one actually he's here um, who's like utilized technology to really transform distribution and also the models of how their art is re received and on that note you know another one of the projects we're working on with Beatport.io right now is actually 
giving fans their unique song right because so far we've I, th i think we've missed one perspective because we've been talking a lot about like the perspective from the artist which is the core artist first always um but the other perspective is the fan right so i think and you touched on that before how do we give the fan a deeper experience how can we make the fans connect with their favorite artists and um you know one thing we're working on that i'm really excited about um and i cannot reveal the artist but it's one of the, the biggest artists in dance music uh um, Ooh. Um, and and the, the project we're doing is a unique song, right? So it's about like um, we're working, um, we developed a player that, you know, lets you create infinite versions of a song. They're all sonically different. So you can play around with the player and then you can say, oh, I like that version. That is my version of this song. And then you mint that and you get uh, a unique cover. Again, you can like, you can create this cover and then you have your unique version of a song. And I think to me, that is where I can see distribution going because music, we all agree music and art is super valuable, but yet most of us are not willing to pay for it, right? Like we, we, want, we want it instant, we want to stream it. Um, you know, we, we might pay like t 10 bucks for Spotify, but that's it, right? Yeah. And to go back to the, that idea of, okay, ownership, I want to pay for that, but you have to get something in exchange. And I feel like, If if you make it unique, that's that's one way. I think another way to touch on that is like um, I, I would love to see the collectible aspect of music being revived, right? Because it has gotten somewhat so? lost in the digital Absolutely. age, right? And yes. it's, really, it's really sad. But um, And I think, uh, to your point, Finn, it, this may be very difficult if you, uh, if, you, if you keep the constraints of, like, the only thing that's being delivered is, like, a song, right? But if you enrich that experience and that interaction between the person, the, the fan and, uh, and the artist, you may be onto something. So... Um, I'm just spouting out some stuff here, but like for example, you could have, I, you know, for an artist, I think the, the problem, and please tell me if I'm wrong here, the two most valuable um, assets you have, right, is uh, the one, your talent, your creativity, your artwork itself, right, your, the, the, but also your community, your fans, right? Yeah. And you do not, you want to be, I think, when this counts everywhere, distribution is so important, and your engagement with the artist, you don't want to give that uh, with the fans, you don't want to give that out of hand. And this, I think technology may, may present an opportunity, right, for you as an artist to still own that engagement, right? And one idea, for example, if you, you know, have hardcore fans, you could have, like, co-produced artwork, right? Let's say artwork yeah. that's being displayed around uh, the concert venues or on, on, on your, on your, um, on your uh, product being uh, the vinyl or whatever, right? You have a competition where you set some constraints and um, people that actually um, participate in, like, um, present an artwork that, that is being chosen well maybe get something for it maybe either of monetary value or let's say um, special experiences right like um, a shout out at a concert like special tickets and so forth right and I think um, there, there's uh, ample opportunity on like experimenting with that. I think that takes us also on the journey on AI and how AI usage is kind of creating that like really creative experience for the consumer now. I think about Holly Hundred who did the Holly Plus project and how she like gave pretty much gave her voice to her community to like utilize it. Exactly yeah. like Grimes. Holly was first though but we're not going to do that. <laughs> I love Holly so much but Holly um, gave her voice to her community to make this music however they wish to 
And then it created this really beautiful experience between her consumer. And then she gave like, I think a percentage to her, her fans for whatever they created out of it. So that's, that's so cool. really cool. Yeah, I'd love to add to that, you know, so it's interesting to me, like, you know, we went from paying $15, $20 per CD to paying $9.99 for all the music in the world. And there's obviously a value disconnect that, that, that took place there, and artists have largely paid the price for it, right? Um, and so it, what's interesting is, like, I grew up, my, so my, my dad is a brain doctor. He does not work in music at all. He does not have a musical bone in his body, but he is a huge music fan. And so I grew up with the idea of fandom and collectability around music because my dad collects rare Beatles memorabilia, and, like, he's the biggest Beatles fan ever. And, like, when, when I first under, like, started to wrap my head around NFTs, I was like, oh, I get it. Anybody can listen to Abbey Road on streaming, but not everyone has the signed vinyl, for like signed by all four Beatles. And now imagine if that signed vinyl could also get you backstage at the show, could get you in the fan club, could get you like the exclusive perks and the merchandise and all of the things that like fandom brings. And that's something that's incredibly powerful to unlock. I remember the first conversation I had with Blau when it really clicked for me. He said, Matt, I know I have fans in Mexico City. I have a show coming up there. I, have, I know I have fans. Uh, I get this many thousand streams per per month, but I don't know who they are. Exactly. I can't reach them. Spotify is not sharing that data with exactly. me. He was like, "But imagine if I could, you know, uh, you know, put up a QR code, um, give out an NFT, and then all of a sudden I know who all of my my core core fans are. There, I can invite them to the show. I can get them the backstage pass. I could, you know, give them exclusive access to things. That direct connection." Between between an artist and a fan and, the, and your most engaged community members, I think is the real promise of this technology. And I think tapping into that fandom is what is going to take music NFTs uh, into the mainstream. I love that you say that and to kind of give back that, that the ownership of that connection, give that to the artists, you know, take out the gatekeepers, take out the intermediaries and be like, hey, you now own this because you are the best one to facilitate that connection and deepen it. And the, the, the beauty of this, this is a win-win situation for, again, these two parties that really matter in that uh, engagement, interaction, right? And like, um, to your point, right, this is exactly what I'm thinking, and it seems to me as a somewhat outsider, right, like to that industry as a no-brainer. Why it doesn't exist yet, right? Doesn't it exist yet? And uh, another example that comes to my mind is like, um, to your point, like you as an artist may not really know exactly where your fans are and you definitely don't have a clear way to engage or communicate with them, get signals or get they or activate them in a certain way, right? Um, and I remember in, oh, I don't know, when that was 2014, I learned about this platform, I think that was used to bring K-pop artists to different parts of the world because they figured out, right, that like they are actually K-pop fans all over the world, right? But uh, K-pop bands wouldn't actually go to South America, right? Um, and so these fans never had an ability to see them, right? And uh, a, a certain um, crowdsourcing platform was found where um, I think fans could go and commit certain amounts to try to get these artists over, right? Like, and I think this is another example how this the facilitation of that engagement interaction may bring huge amount of value to both sides by de-risking for the artist or the third party that stands behind with a financial uh, risk of bringing an artist to your place and um, um, enabling fans that may never otherwise never see that artist to finally see them, right? But Jaren, but yeah. I have a question. What about, oh, sorry, Matt, do you want to add Oh, no, anything? no, I just, uh, I fully agreed, fully agreed. Yeah. I, I, I think the, 
obvious issue that we're facing is like the barrier to entry for our fan bases, right? I think a lot of times my fans are like, I'm really interested in NFTs. I love what you're doing, but I don't even know how to start. So do you have any like suggestions on how to navigate that? Follow B part of that. If I, if, 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 you want to go first? Please do. Like this is actually, actually, you know, on that, on that, that's that's why we chose Polkadot as it's, you know, as our partner, blockchain partner. That's why we're building on Polkadot. So without, I don't want to, you know, go too technical. But so there's different parachains, and we're on the Aventus parachain. And what these guys offer that was really, um, you know, first of all, like uh, crucial for us to 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 to, to choose Polkadot was. Um, you can you can sign in you, with with your email, right? It's like two clicks. A web wallet gets created for you. Um, you check out with your credit card, and that makes like mass adoption really easy, right? Because of course, um, we also have you know you can check in with with your MetaMask, and you know you can pay with crypto, all that. But I think we have to be honest and bring in back the spice, you know. I think in order to kind of make this. Um, available for the masses and have the masses care about it, mm -hmm. um, it needs to be super easy. You yeah. know, it needs to be like three clicks. I don't want a seed phrase. I don't want all of that. I just want to make it easy, right? So that's why we, we chose, uh, one of the reasons we chose like Polkadot is it's, you know, it's, it's multi-chain. It's like, it's a lot, you can, you can speak to that much better, but my core point is like, make it easy, make it easy and, um, and trustworthy. Absolutely. I have one more question before we wrap up today. We actually have like three more minutes. So, oh my gosh, this is really an incredible, please give it up for the speakers. They've been just super incredible. Um, how are you all actively reshaping narratives to spotlight the positive growth facilitated in Web3, particularly in the face of challenges like gatekeeping your representation and the bear market? And what does diversity mean to you in this sphere? I feel like I stole the answer. Like, like so, you, 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 if you want to go, please. Yeah, I mean, so there are many perspectives I have here, right? Like, um, I've been in in this, um, um, you know, in the Web three crypto blockchain realm for like six, seven, seven, eight years now, and uh, our company Parity Technologies, um, technology leader, quite sizable. We have four hundred people by now, four hundred members, and um, we've gone through many of these market cycles. I think this is my third, if I'm not mistaken. And um, we build us, right? We keep on building. Often we feel most at home in bear markets, right? Flushes out a lot of like the bullshit, yeah. um, the you know uh, money driven people, the scammy people, which I really have an extremely hard time um, feeling, um, um, you know, I feel such a strong disconnect that it, I struggle with it, and I know many of my colleagues do too, right? So we feel often at home in a bear market, right? Because you can focus, you just build, and the people you meet uh, are often higher signal than noise, right? Um, than in, in bull markets. But that said, obviously for um, the, I was a broader crypto ecosystem, right? Uh, it poses challenges, right? Um, and I think particularly for newer projects, right, like startups, um, they will face challenges, and they have been facing challenges. Capital has dried out, right? Like or somewhat, right? It's become so much harder to raise for new projects that hasn't haven't demonstrated a, um, that they can build a product or that they even have product market fit, right? Um, and um, you know, there's just less eyeballs on it. 
right? Um, so it's it's much higher risk for um, both entrepreneurs that enter the space, uh, seemingly higher risk, right? As well as for um, those that allocate capital. But on the other hand, I would also say like, it's a wonderful time to enter and build, right? And some of the, I think historically, some of the best products, services, and companies have been built in economic downturns, right? And so don't be afraid, come go, right? Like I think when we got, when I got started, it was a, it was a downturn, right? It was a bear market, so don't be shy. <laughs> Anyone else like to answer? Yeah, absolutely. So. From day one, when we started NFT Now, um, our mission has been to empower the creators of culture and to bring this technology from niche to mainstream. And I think the important part is really, the, the first part is incredibly important because largely the creators of culture have been um, appropriated, um, exploited, and have not shared in the value that they have created traditionally. And more often than not, they come from marginalized groups. And you know, we can all take a look at the crypto space and recognize that it is too white, it is too male, and it is you know too straight. Like there's, it's 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 painfully obvious, right? And so um, for us, empowering the creators of culture really means um, actively providing a platform for groups that have been marginalized in the past. And so uh, one thing that you know we recognize is that we do see this technology as incredibly powerful in enabling, um, you know us to bypass traditional hierarchies, bypass traditional gatekeepers, bypass these entrenched inequities that have existed for a really long time. But that like better future is not going to build itself. And we have a responsibility to actively make that a reality each and every day. And that's something that is central to the mission at NFT Now. And it's something we think about in every aspect of what we do. I love that you that you put that in in the center. And actually, for us at Beatport IO, it's the same thing. That's why we chose. You know, we actually we we talked to some of like the the biggest artists in the in the industry, the biggest labels, and we chose to start with projects like the other one besides Nachts is He She They. It's there. It's like this painting. Like it looks like a painting, but it's actually three D scans um, of a collective called He She They. It's an LGBTQ plus uh, collective. They have amazing parties. It's all their dancers, their performers and we wanted to empower them it's like this almost like renaissance painting right and and um and it comes that the NFT, it actually gives you access to um, a documentary about them, right? So we also wanted to show it doesn't always have to be, it's a collectible, yes, sure, but it comes with a full like two hour documentary about their work. And I think to put these communities at center and like showcase that diversity and highlight it at the beginning of a project when you have the most power, I think it's really great. And that's, I wanted to hand over to Misha because diversity I know is really important to you as well, right? That's basically why I started showing the people from, from this club I work at, because it was always about the dirt and the drugs, but I wanted to show that it's, uh, in its core, it's freedom to be who you are, and it doesn't matter what, you, what your definition of yourself is. You can be who you are with others being themselves, and this is why I started this whole thing, because I wanted to change perspectives. I love that. That's a great way to wrap this up. Thank you so much. Give it up for the panelists one more time, y'all. Give it up for Natasha. Give it up for the beautiful host. Yay. Thank
thank you so much. <laughs> this is my first moderation, so I'm very excited to be here with y'all. But this is such an incredible, incredible panel. If you guys have anything that you would just like to say before we dip, anything? Check out Latasha's music. It's ah. fucking amazing. Ah, thank exactly. you so much. And I want to say one thing. I want to say, I want to, you know, really give a big shout out to NFT Now and to, to Matt and Alejandro and the crew. And like what they Ooh. did here is, I think is amazing. And what, you know, one thing, like we had this experience with Alejandro yesterday. He came up to Misha and he asked like, is there one thing we can do better? And, you know, and, 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 there was a tiny bit with the screen and he immediately did it and what you do here for artists and the community is amazing so thank you for hosting this beautiful space thank you so space. much man. thank you thank, thank you. you guys for listening if you enjoyed this episode and want to dig in a little deeper on what we're building at NFT Now please check out the Now Pass and the Now Network we're building the future of tokenized media I would love for you to be a part of it you can learn more at nowpass.xyz and you can hop in our Discord at discord.gg slash NFT now uh, to connect with the community. Thank you again for listening to the NFT Now podcast and we'll see you again this time next week.